are listening to the Mystical City of God in One Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading the four-volume set of Venerable Maria of Agreda's Private Revelations Regarding the Life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today, we are reading from Chapter 1, Paragraphs 8 through 11. Join me now. This promise incited my desires, set my will aflame, and enraptured my spirit. With many tears I grieved that I should be a burden to myself in my sinfulness. I sighed for the end of my captivity, and longed to arrive where there would be no obstacle to my love. In this anxiety, I passed some days trying to reform my life. I again made a general confession— and corrected some of my imperfections. The vision of the latter continued without intermission, but it was not explained to me. I made many promises to the Lord and proposed to free myself from all terrestrial things and to reserve the powers of my will entirely for his love, without allowing it to incline toward any creature, be it ever so small or unsuspicious. I repudiated all visible and sensible things. Having passed some days in these affections and sentiments, I was informed by the Most High that the latter signified the life of the Most Holy Virgin, its virtues and sacraments. His Majesty said to me, I desire my spouse that thou ascend this stair of Jacob and enter through this door of heaven to acquire the knowledge of my attributes and occupy thyself in the contemplation of my divinity. Arise then, and walk. Ascend by it to me. These angels, which surround it and accompany it, are those that I appointed as the guardians of Mary, as the defenders and sentinels of the citadel of Sion. Consider her attentively, and meditating on her virtues, seek to imitate them. It seemed to me then that I ascended the ladder, and that I recognized the great wonders and the ineffable prodigies of the Lord in a mere creature, and the greatest sanctity and perfection of virtue ever worked by the arm of the Almighty. At the top of the ladder, I saw the Lord of hosts and the Queen of all creation. They commanded me to glorify, exalt, and praise Him on account of these great mysteries, and to write down so much of them as I might bring myself to understand. The exalted and high Lord gave me a law, written not only on tablets as he gave to Moses, but one wrought by his omnipotent finger, in order that it may be studied and observed. He moved my will so that in her presence I promised to overcome my repugnance, and with her assistance to set about writing her history, paying attention to three things. First, to remember that the creature must ever seek to acknowledge the profound reverence due to God and to abase itself in proportion to the condescension of his majesty toward men, and that the effect of greater favors and benefits must be a greater fear, reverence, attention, and humility. Secondly, to be ever mindful of the obligation of all men who are so forgetful of their own salvation to consider and to learn what they owe to the queen and mother of piety on account of the part assumed by her in the redemption, to think of the love and the reverence which she showed to God and the honor in which we are to hold this great lady. Thirdly, 
to be willing to have my spiritual director, and if necessary, the whole world, find out my littleness and vileness and the small returns which I make for what I receive. To these protestations, the Most Holy Virgin answered, My daughter, the world stands much in need of this doctrine, for it does not know nor does it practice the reverence due to the Lord Omnipotent. On account of this ignorance, his justice is provoked to afflict and humiliate them. They are sunken in their carelessness and filled with darkness, not knowing how to seek relief or attain to the light. This, however, is justly their lot, since they fail in the reverence and fear which they ought to have. Besides this, the Most High and the Queen gave me many other instructions in order to make clear to me their will in regard to this work. It seemed to me temerity and want of charity toward myself to reject the instruction which she had promised me for narrating the course of her most holy life. It seemed equally improper to put off the writing of it, since the Most High had intimated this as the fitting and opportune time, saying to me in this regard, My daughter, when I sent my only begotten, the world, with the exception of the few souls that served me, was in worse condition than it ever had been since its beginning. For human nature is so imperfect, it does not subject itself to the interior guidance of my light, to the fulfillment of the precepts of my ministers, by sacrificing its own judgment and following me, who am the way, the truth, and the life. And by carefully observing my commandments in order not to lose friendship, it will presently fall into the abyss of darkness and innumerable miseries until it arrives at obstinacy and sin. From the creation and sin of the first man until I gave the law to Moses, men governed themselves according to their own inclinations and fell into many errors and sins. After having received the law, they again committed sin by not obeying it. And thus they lived on, separating themselves more and more from the truth and light and arriving at the state of complete forgetfulness. In fatherly love, I sent them eternal salvation and a remedy for the incurable infirmities of human nature, thus justifying my cause. And just as I then chose the opportune time for the greater manifestation of my mercy, so I now select this time for showing toward them another very great favor. For now the hour has come and the opportune time to let men know the just cause of my anger, and they are now justly charged and convinced of their guilt. Now I will make manifest my indignation and exercise my justice and equity. I will show how well justified is my cause, in order that this may come to pass more speedily, and because it is now time that my mercy show itself more openly. And because my love must not be idle, I will offer to them an opportune remedy, if they will make a use of it for returning again to my favor. Now, at this hour, when the world has arrived at so unfortunate a pass, and when, though the word has become incarnate, mortals are more careless of their weal and seek it less, when the day of their transitory life passes swiftly at the setting of the sun of time, when the night of eternity is approaching closer and closer for the wicked, and the day without a night is being born for the just, when the majority of mortals are sinking deeper and deeper into darkness of their ignorance and guilt, oppressing the just and mocking the children of God. When my holy and divine law is despised 
in the management of the iniquitous affairs of state, which are as hostile as they are contrary to my providence, when the wicked least deserve my mercy in these predestined times, I wish to open a portal for the just ones, through which they can find access to my mercy. I wish to give them a light by which they can dispel the gloom that envelops the eyes of their minds. I wish to furnish them a suitable remedy for restoring them to my grace. Happy they who find it, and blessed they who shall appreciate its value, rich they who shall come upon this treasure, and blessed and very wise those who shall search into and shall understand its marvels and hidden mysteries. I desire to make known to mortals how much intercession of her is worth, who brought restoration of life by giving mortal existence to the immortal God. As recompense, I desire that they look upon the wonders wrought by my mighty arm in that pure creature, as upon a mirror by which they can estimate their own ingratitude. I wish to make known to them much of that which, according to my high judgment, is still hidden concerning the mother of the word. I have not revealed these mysteries in the primitive church, because they are so great that the faithful would have been lost in the contemplation and admiration of them at a time when it was more necessary to establish firmly the law of grace and of the gospel. Although all mysteries of religion are in perfect harmony with each other, yet human ignorance might have suffered recoil and doubt at their magnitude when faith in the incarnation and redemption and the precepts of the new law of the gospel were yet in their beginnings." On this same account, the person of the incarnate word said to my disciples at the Last Supper, Many things have I to say you, but you are not yet disposed to receive them. These words he addressed to all the world, for was not yet capable of giving full obedience to the law of grace and full assent to the faith in the Son, much less was it prepared to be introduced into the mysteries of his mother. But now mankind has greater need for this manifestation, and this necessity urges me to disregard their evil disposition. And if men would now seek to please me by reverencing, believing, and studying the wonders which are intimately connected with this mother of piety, and if they all begin to solicit her intercession from their whole heart, the world may find some relief." I will no longer withhold from men this mystical city of refuge. Describe and delineate it to them as far as thy shortcomings allow. I do not intend that thy descriptions and declarations of the life of the Blessed Virgin shall be mere opinions or contemplations, but reliable truth. They that have ears to hear, let them hear. Let those who thirst come to the living waters and leave the dried-out cisterns. Let those that are seeking for the light follow it to the end. Thus speaks the Lord God Almighty. These are the words of the Most High, on the occasion before mentioned. Obedient to the authority which commands me, I will, in the following chapter, describe the manner in which I receive my information and enlightenment, and how I see the Lord. Thus, complying with his orders, I will explain once for all the illuminations and the favors which are vouchsafed to me for this work, and to which I will refer in the sequel 
of this history. You have been listening to The Mystical City of God, Volume 1, The Conception. And today we just heard paragraphs 8 through 11 of Chapter 1. If you recall yesterday, we heard in the reading about this ladder. And at the top of the ladder we learned today is the Almighty and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we learn that the latter is the virtues of the Blessed Mother. And so we know that there are different virtues of Mary. Of course, we cite her obedience. We cite her humility. We know of her purity. There are lots of different virtues. In fact, there's a devotion to the virtues of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so we look in our own life. We look in our heart. And we see our vices, and we know what they are. We confess them often through the sacrament of reconciliation. And so where we see something negative, well, then we ask for the virtue that is positive. There are two types of virtues, the theological virtues and the cardinal virtues, and then there's just general virtues as well. The theological virtues are faith, hope, and love. And so we think of Mary's faith and Mary's hope and Mary's love. In our own life, maybe there's someone that we don't get along with. Maybe, unfortunately, maybe we would even say we hate that person. Well, where there's hate or dislike, well, we ask that we might grow in the virtue of love. Where there's doubt or despair, we ask that we might grow in the virtue of faith and the virtue of hope. So this is really what we are seeking, especially as we study, as we hear, as we listen to the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Something else that we hear in our reading today is the efficacy of Mary's intercession. I desire to make known to mortals how much intercession of her is worth. And so that's why we continually go to the Blessed Virgin Mary. We ask for her prayers. This is another thing that we heard today. If they would all begin to solicit her intercession from their whole heart, the world would find some relief. Well, whatever it is that you're facing in life, don't be afraid to turn to the Blessed Mother. Ask her prayers. We know that she's before the throne of God. In that vision of the ladder, go back to the ladder. There she is at the top of the ladder. And so in our life, we climb and ascend this ladder so that one day we might be with our God in heaven. And by Mary's prayers, by her prayers as we ask her to pray for us now and at the hour of our death, we hope to attain that eternal life. In imitation of her virtues, we pray that we might be made worthy of the promises of Christ. This has been day five of our year-long journey through the mystical city of God. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. God bless you.